0: I said, are you ready for the Survivor Series? One,
1: Who will survive? Two,
0: three. Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm
1: talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather
0: not be in. But the Queen rise to... give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can.
1: Hey guys, welcome to episode two of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Steve Fountas. Uh, last week, Eric and I had our very first episode and it was pretty cool. We talked about random awesome moments and we ended up going an hour really quickly so i didn't want to make the show too too long for people so we're going to make a part two tonight and first off i want to thank a few people that followed us on twitter and actually listened to the show last week which was awesome i was expecting maybe a couple of my friends to listen to it there's a few random people that did so again if you want to follow on twitter it's at ppw podcast uh first up mike caruso on twitter Um, I'm sorry, Mark Caruso, (laughs) sorry, Mark, Mark Caruso 216 on Twitter, shout it out. So you listen to the show and liked it, following us on Twitter, uh, man cave podcast. They do an awesome, awesome show. They are out of New York city and they've got a ton of pretty big following. So anything dude related is their tagline. So they interview porn stars. They talk sports, they talk wrestling. Uh, Jeff Schaefer is a host of that and he's... Been someone I've known for a while, and he does an awesome job with his podcast. Again, at Man Cave Podcast, if you want to follow them. Um, also, Casey Boguslaw gave us a follow, and he runs an awesome website called RO Baseball, and they do really deep analytic stuff about baseball. So if that's your thing, if you like real sports as opposed to fake sports, as is what Eric and I and friends talk about, you can follow them. It's at Casey Boguslaw on Twitter. He's the managing editor of the RO Baseball website, and. Also, if I believe correctly, it's R-O-Baseball, MLB on Twitter. R-O-Baseball, MLB on Twitter for them to follow. So, again, we're on Twitter, at PPW Podcast. We're also on SoundCloud for the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Also on iTunes, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you happen to be listening and you subscribe on iTunes, if you could leave a rating, that'd be awesome because then we show up more in people searches. You don't necessarily have to review the show, just leave a star rating. It'd be awesome for us. And if you could leave six stars like Meltzer gave the Kenny Omega match this week, that'd be great, but five stars is fine, or four, whatever you like. So, uh, Again, also if you want to shoot us an email, ppwpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, enough of the intro stuff, so we're going to get started right back into part two. And we actually did take a break. We didn't record this one back-to-back, so now it's uh, it's currently Saturday the 7th. So January 7th, 2017, so since the podcast happened, the first episode, it's been a new year, and we're going to kick right back into it. So we started off, we ended off last week with talking about what got us back into wrestling after having a little bit of a break, and we'll have Eric go ahead and start his story. Eric, how's it Hey going? guys,
0: so to get back into that, um, I had gotten away from wrestling for a while, maybe 2000... Uh, Maybe 2001, 2002, I got away from it. Okay. Uh, 2003, got mar- not got married, but met a girl, all that kind of stuff. And I think I got back into it when I saw CM Punk, when he cashed in his Money in the Bank on Edge. And so I started to do a little research on CM Punk and found out that he was in an LWF, which made me like him even more. Um, he was just, I liked his look, the tattoos, the attitude, and the fact that um, a lot of guys didn't. As far as Vince, didn't feel like pushing a smaller guy like that because it was more like the bodybuilders
1: were all over wrestling at that time. Everything so, all right? No, I was just checking <laughs> to make sure that you're actually recording. We are because the only thing worse than recording a show is looking at, oh, we didn't record an entire a single thing on the episode, but we're good. I'm listening to you talk uh, about on CM this Punk. episode?
0: What's that? You recorded this episode though. I'm trying to. Okay. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> no, I, I hear what you're saying. So... CM Punk was a guy that, ironically, he didn't get me back into wrestling. But at WrestleMania 23 was when I got hardcore back into it because my friends and I happened to go to WrestleMania 23. It was in Detroit, so it was kind of a thing like, let's take a road trip up there and go. So we did, and it was awesome because it was fun. I didn't know a ton kind of the storylines going on, but my one friend was kind of getting back into it, and he mentioned, oh, it's so this guy CM Punk. He is awesome kicks. He's an awesome wrestler. And he was in the Money in the Bank match. And I was like, oh, cool. So I made it sure to keep a special eye on him during the match and he did he did cool kicks and it was a lot of fun and he was a guy admittedly that I liked but he was also on Smackdown a little bit during his first initial big run so I didn't watch a lot of Smackdown so because of that I didn't get too much into him but once he came to Raw and basically cut the infamous pipe bomb promo I started to watch him a lot more and he's he was great his run was great He's a great wrestler. It sucks that he retired and it sucks that he left when he did, but we did get a lot of awesome matches out of him. So I'm happy that we got to see tons of great matches from punk and he had an awesome title reign too. And despite what he thinks, I think punks in interviews, I've heard him talk about how he wasn't pushed as the star and I can see that. But to me and to my friends, he was, he was, he was the guy. So I'm okay with, with his run as, as champion.
0: Yeah. when I, I forget what year it was, but 2011, 2012, 2013 all kind of blend in together because I was going through things where I wasn't always watching every week. So I've been on YouTube, I don't know, the past year, and I always go back like CM Punk with the... um, Straight Edge Society? Straight Edge, well, I did. I remember seeing Straight Edge Society. I remember watching um, the people power stuff like that was kind of off and on whatever years those were. I just, I just forget that was around 20.
1: That was 2012. Yeah. But every time he,
0: every time he just talked crap to people, it was like, yes, that's, (laughs) I think,
1: I think his promos were so good because it didn't sound like he was reading lines. Like so many people sound at times. Yeah. He's, and he might've been given lines or he might've been given his own opinion about it, but what was cool about him and his promos was, you believed what he was saying yeah. type of thing, even though it might've been, you know, we were getting worked as they say, but it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, to watch he him. was
0: definitely, it felt real to me. Yeah. Like you just knew that they were against him. They didn't like him for this. And he told you or told us how they felt about him. So it, it feels like I feel like that that's how they felt about him. But
1: yeah. So I guess this comes this CM Punk talk. What well, kind of, and him leaving the WWE when he did, before WrestleMania 30, will transition into my next awesome moment memory, which is more of a modern thing, which was when the episode of Monday Night Raw, when Daniel Bryan, after his very very brief heel turn with the Wyatt's, turned on the Wyatt's. So it's a steel cage match, Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt, and Daniel Bryan was in the Wyatt family get up, the jumpsuit, and. The crowd wasn't by it like, no, we don't want you as a heel. You're our guy. We don't care what anybody says about Randy Orton being the guy or Batista. You're the guy we want in the main event. And this is the only time I can remember in recent history where the WWE just said, all right, you you guys, the fans pushing up. This isn't this isn't a one town, smart mark town thing. This isn't an internet thing. This isn't, you know, a small minority. This is everybody wants Brian to be the guy to go to WrestleMania and win the title. So this was the first portion of it where the crowd was feeling it. And then as soon as Bray Wyatt had Brian and the sister Abigail move and Brian pushed him away and the crowd's like, oh, here we go. It's
0: on. I got goosebumps.
1: Yeah. And I am, I am too, like thinking about it. And then what I think was awesome about it too, was the announcing was very, very minimal. So if you go back and watch that on the network or on YouTube, notice as soon as Brian starts to push back from Bray, the announcers kind of shut up which I think is something that they need to do more of sometimes. Uh, But because the crowd was so hot for it and so wild, people were like, okay, this is awesome. And I think the production people noticed that and said, probably were telling people on commentary, don't talk. Just let this happen. Yeah. And then he started the slow, yes, yeah. And the crowd was into it. And that pushed him towards his initial run to WrestleMania, kind of. Now, let yeah. say kind of, because if you remember, he had a match with Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. He lost that match. Okay, great. I know you got to build Wyatt up for his match, which ended up being seen at WrestleMania. But Ryan wasn't even in the Royal Rumble that year. <coughs> I mean, that's, again, infamous. Story. I was in
0: Texas visiting a friend, and he's a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. And we went to, I forget what bar it was, but they had the pay per view. So you could go to the left for the under 21 or you can go to the right room. You walk into the bar, left rooms and right rooms. Yeah. You had the main bar. So we go to the adult room, you could drink and all that kind of stuff. And there was a lot of people in there. And I remember the Royal Rumble, we watched everything, the Daniel Bryan thing. I was He got out of wrestling too, so I was trying to explain who the wrestlers were and why they were fan favorites or why they got booed. So the Royal Rumble starts and everybody, I think, is expecting Daniel Bryan to be in because when you have the Rumble, you don't announce all 30 participants. Yeah. So as 25 is going, 26, 27, 28, and there's like... He's got to be in twenty-eight or twenty-nine or thirty. Twenty-eight, 29, 30 hits. Ray Mysterio comes out. They boo the shit out of Ray Mysterio. <laughs> it's that. not because it's Ray Mysterio. It's because it's not Daniel Bryan. So when Batista wins, the booing is just—it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen like a crowd reaction up until that point like that. Like I felt bad for Ray. Yeah, because I liked Ray. Uh huh. Batista, I didn't even like the fact that he came back or that he won. (laughs) (laughs) And just everything from that, I think, stemmed – or not stemmed, but kind of just built up over time until Mania.
1: Yeah, you had had mentioned before we started talking about how you want to talk about the whole Yes Movement storyline with Daniel Bryan. Well, I
0: think a lot of that started um, SummerSlam before. I don't remember, like, specific dates, but I remember Daniel Bryan – Won the title and then lost the title like two minutes later. Yeah, it was the money,
1: Tri- Orton cashed the money in the bank on him at SummerSlam yeah. after Brian beat Cena.
0: So then he got screwed that way, and then he got screwed. He, Triple H kept screwing him. Yeah, <laughs> because the on TV and they kept them. saying he's a C plus player, B plus, B plus. You took a great right away from him. <laughs> He'll never be anything. Just kind of like what they're doing with Bailey now.
1: Is that what they're doing? Yeah. You think so?
0: I think so. Okay. But anyways, just going through it and just. I don't know being the small guy, the indie guy. Um.
1: Yeah. It, it was interesting because WWE now will kind of make it seem like that was the point all along to get these people behind Brian. And to me, I don't care if that's true or not. It They still did give him his two matches at WrestleMania in the build up oh, and the buildup and the culmination. And that's what WrestleMania should end on. Yeah. It should end on. This is what we wanted all year. We got it. Who cares? It happens tomorrow. Tomorrow's the reset, but we got it. And I was at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. And I was with my buddy, Pat, and he goes with me every year. And he's kind of a wrestling fan where he's into it, but he's not going to be jumping up, getting signs. Like, except when The Rock went at WrestleMania 28. Me and him, I talked about this last time, what insane when The Rock won. But after Daniel Bryan won the title... We were up in the second level, first row of like the club level or whatever, and you could see the entire lower low of the upper level, everyone doing yes, yes, so he's like, all right, so he started doing it too, and it was just, you got caught up in it, and then the confetti came down, and he did it, you know, he did it, so it was awesome, He, no matter what happened to Brian after that, and he got injured, he still got his moment that can never be taken away from him in the history of, of pro wrestling, as he was in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. He stole the show in the first match with Triple H, which I think was a better match than the main event. Both were good, mm-hmm. but it was just awesome moment for him Absolutely during that entire happy.
0: match. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. During that entire match, I felt I felt like Randy Orton was on board, but I didn't feel like Dave Batista totally was because I I feel like he came back to promote his movie, to be put over, to win the Rumble, to win the title, to kind of to be the guy promotes you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy and WWE and really WWE to feed off of that outside promotion until, um, he tapped out like at the end.
1: Yeah. You don't think he gave Brian feed? Like, I don't want to talk about like moves. Like I know, like, Oh, you feed me. Like I'm not a wrestler. So I'm not going to talk like that, but you feel like he was not giving an effort towards him. What do you mean?
0: No, I I just felt like Dave, I felt like Dave Batista was going to go over in the match. Like no matter what happened, Daniel Bryan beat Triple H earlier in the match, and then later on, I just thought they were going to give it to Batista. But when I saw Batista after that whole like wild finish, like hitting yeah, yeah. Randy Orton, Batista okay. going back and forth, like you feel it just building up to a finish, mm-hmm. and then Batista tapped out. I'm like, oh my god! Like it was two and one. Like I was glad Batista <laughs> kind of. You know, put over Brian.
1: Well, maybe that just means Batista did his job as a wrestler to make you want Brian to win that much more. It's possible. I'm going to give him the benefit. I'm going to say that's what the deal was. So you mentioned the the yes movement thing. So my dad doesn't watch wrestling. Um, He must have been flipping through the channels, and he sent me a text the next day. He goes, I'm in the yes movement. And this was before WrestleMania. It was the one where they did the Occupy Raw, where all yeah. the guys came out of the Yes Movement. Yeah. So I go, "What are you talking?" about? I watched Raw? He's like, "I like that guy." He's like, "That guy." <laughs> he's like, "He brought the people in the Yes, Yes." He's like, "I'm in the Yes Movement." Yeah, which I thought was just the funniest thing. So that was the thing where wrestling kind of transcended, which was what the WWE always wants to do—is to go over into mainstream culture and get casual fans. Like, my yeah. dad, and they got it. So, so that was that was awesome for him. So it's cool that we were able to stick to not a super modern thing, but I felt like last week we talked a lot about past stuff, which is cool because past stuff's awesome. But <clears throat> excuse me, this week we're going to kind of back up back and forth a little bit between past and present stuff. So my next uh, moment was when the macho man proposed to miss Elizabeth on WWF superstars. Yeah. This is prior to SummerSlam 91. Cause if you remember the wedding main evented SummerSlam 91, it went on after Hogan and warrior versus the, Top, the trifect tri- triangle of terror. Yeah. So that it was, was a long, match
0: made in heaven, match made in hell. Yep. Match made in hell. So, <laughs> that was the tagline.
1: <laughs> that was Mr. Mad during the intro. Match made in
0: hell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I still remember that. But what was cool, we could talk after the wedding. So I'm gonna get to after the wedding in a second. So before the wedding on Superstars, Macho Man's in the ring. And Piper, I remember Piper's on commentary saying, get on your knees, get on your knees. Cause like to, to ask Liz to marry her. Yeah. And he's got Elizabeth. He said, Elizabeth, like 10 times. Mm. Will you marry me? After he got down on a knee and I'm like, she better say, oh yeah, she fucking better say, oh yeah. And she yeah. did. Oh yeah. And like seven or eight year old me was like, oh, what a moment. I want my marriage to be, like, <laughs> my marriage proposal. Did you, did you do that? Fuck no. <laughs> did not say, Lauren, Lauren, <laughs> will you bear? <laughs> so, you so I, maybe I should have. <laughs> so that was something that I got into. I think they showed a music video for that too. Like a montage of their love together. And what was also cool was this was a column scene video exclusive. So I talked about column and video and renting tapes the other time we were last week. And after the wedding, ceremony they show the reception on the coliseum video exclusive and do you remember obviously everyone remembers there was a snake in the box and then that's how the jake jake the snake versus randy savage who got started But before that they're opening up presents and the macho man had the best reactions you could possibly imagine opening presents like i i want i don't want to do it too much because i won't do it justice but people go on youtube just type in macho man liz reception and he's opening up presents. He goes, You got a blender, <laughs> candlesticks. Next time, send money." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's awesome to watch, and and that was something that I thought was really cool in the Coliseum video. But what I was confused about was why the Undertaker was with Jake the Snake Roberts in in there. And because was,
0: leading up to that, they were both bad guys, and they yeah, both why, kind of aligned with each other. But why but the Undertaker kind of turned? On Jake.
1: He did. No, he definitely turned on
0: Jake. He, what he did was he, I say kind of cause Undertaker to me is just always like,
1: I don't know, a bad guy doing good things sometimes or he, he's a bad guy doing bad he things. He definitely turned on Jake because Jake was going <laughs> to Jake. This was after I think a Saturday night's main event episode. Don't kill me if I'm wrong, but I think it was macho man is walking towards the back with Liz. And Liz was walking through first, and they cut to the second camera, and it's Jake with a chair. And he goes, whoever comes through this curtain first is getting hit. And you're like, oh, my God, he's going to hit Elizabeth Liz. The with the chair. As he pulls back, who stops him? The Undertaker. And uh-huh. that led to the WrestleMania 8 match between Jake and The Undertaker. But as we're talking about this stuff, like you remember in your head like chronologically where you were thinking about it and thinking, oh, sweet, Undertaker's a good guy now. Um, he's, yeah, I'm, I'm glad didn't take good guys. have a new person to cheer for. Uh-huh. And Jake was such a great heel. Once he turned, So I have more of a reason to hate Jake Roberts. And with, they also had a, I guess their big blow off match was it Tuesday was actually on Saturday night's mid event. That was what it was. That was their blow off match. So Jake and macho man had a match at Tuesday in Texas where macho man won. But after the match, I'm she-
0: glad you remember these dates and names.
1: I'm like, I have such useless information in my head of wrestling. But when stuff. you
0: talk about stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah. So all you need is one thing to, to kind of trigger <laughs> to trigger it. So, so Jake won or Macho Man beat Jake at Tuesday in Texas. After the match, Jake beat the hell out of Macho Man, actually slapped Elizabeth in the face. Could you imagine like that now? Like a guy slapping a girl on yeah. WWE? No way. So that prolonged their feud a little bit. Their big bluff was at Saturday night's main event. Which I feel like they should have pushed to WrestleMania, but they didn't. But the Mach Man winning the title WrestleMania that year. So, I guess so did
0: we? Did we talk about face turns and heel turns? I, I know we talked about it, but was it recorded?
1: I don't remember. I think we did a little bit. Okay. Yeah, we talked. That
0: might have been, you know, one that you would remember. Yeah. Undertaker's face turn.
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit. Of, we because we talked about Shawn Michaels turning face after yeah. WrestleMania. We did talk about. So,
0: it. So uh, you, you. I think we asked like memorable. And I didn't remember, I don't remember much of the good turns because they were, to me, they were just slower builds, but that was one. And I think the narcissist showing up to, to body slam Yokozuna would have been another
1: one. Yeah. We talked about that because we talked about the Lex Express and everything and how we were on the Lex Express. So. Right.
0: But I don't think we talked about him turning
1: like I, we did. Okay. Well, regardless, we can get into that because. (laughs) No, that's fine. Something I had down here was. So i Lex Luger didn't win the beat Yokozuna at SummerSlam after the Lex Express tour after he slammed him, but he beat him by counts, didn't get the title. So then Lex and Bret Hart had the tie at the Royal Rumble 94, where they both went over at the same time. Awesome Rumble, by the way. One of my personal favorites from a personal perspective, not because of match quality, just because of where I was at the time as a fan. And I got to see it live because for some reason... I still don't know to this day if my parents ordered it for me and didn't tell me or if I just got lucky and it didn't get, on, it didn't get scrambled by cable, but I got mm-hmm. to watch it live. So they had a decision was made that both Brett and Lex would get a title shot at Mania, but they'd each have to face somebody beforehand. So they had a coin toss on Raw with Brett and Lex where the winner would get the first crack at the title. And I thought... If if you won the coin toss, wouldn't you want to have the second match? Because that means the champion, Yokozuna, would have had a match already. Yeah. Granted you would too, but you want the champion to be to be weakened. Logically in your head. Yeah. So Lex won the coin toss. And what I remember is Rex Lex doing a oh yeah. Like a pump, like with I'm doing it with my fist now, you can't see obviously, but like, yeah, we did it. Hell yeah, like pumped it. huh. And granted I was on the Lex Express, but I wanted Brett to win the title that night. I wanted it to be Brett versus Lex in the main event. Yeah, but that didn't happen, which is okay. Do you remember that at all? Like the coin toss? No, and not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I, I remember a lot more stupid stuff than you do. Apparently, it's possible. Do you know what do you got? What's your What do you think you have? Do you have something next? Well, you're you?
0: talking about the double win, like the Royal Rumble win. Yeah, the double Royal Royal. Jeez. <laughs> Royal Rumble win. Okay. Going into 2000, what is it? Three, three or four weeks, this upcoming Rumble.
1: It's the last week. It's three weeks. So three more rods before the Rumble. So what do you think
0: the, everybody's talking about? Sami Zayn's going to win. or It's just a rumor. Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, um, Roman, like all the different speculations. What happens? Because you got to feature your main titles at WrestleMania. So you got to have an opponent for... Universal, you have to have an opponent for. I don't want to get too
1: much into predicting stuff because who knows, right? Okay. Like, I mean, honestly, it's going to depend, I think, on what happens on Raw because Undertaker is supposed to be on Raw. My guess is to declare he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. To me, it makes all the sense in the world to do Undertaker versus AJ Styles, but it also makes sense to Undertaker Cena, where Cena beats Styles and then Undertaker Cena for the title. Yeah. And then you have another Cena Styles rematch at the last pay per view before WrestleMania, so you can build, you can have another good pay per view. So I think that's where they go. That's my, if Undertaker declares, I think he's got it. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Undertaker versus Cena or Undertaker versus Styles. I like both those matches for WrestleMania. So I'm okay with both of them. (laughs) Are you (laughs) not okay with both of them?
0: (laughs) Um, I don't really know. You got to see where it goes, right? My idea is just that they do a double elimination. And then there's uh, an opponent for the WWE title and an opponent for the universal title.
1: Well, before when they had the brand split, the winner of the rumble got to choose who they wanted to go for. Mm -hmm. We might get that again, where it might be a SmackDown guy saying, I want the raw champion or vice versa. Yeah. And then they still have a number one contenders match or something at the pay-per-view before for whoever didn't win the rumble. So I'd imagine they do that again. Yeah. And that's, that's the other cool thing about the brand split I'm excited for is we have two championships and it feels like we have two champion of champions where I'd be cool if it was Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles in the main event versus, like, champion of... I don't think they're going to do that. But that's another cool thing about the brand split is you have two titles that both... One doesn't feel less than the other, you know? Like, I feel like in the past it felt like SmackDown was less than Raw, but now I feel like they're even as far as prestige as who's champion of champions type of thing.
0: I think the idea with the WCW belt being the world title... I always felt it was inferior.
1: Yeah, I could see that. But what are you going to do, right? Right. Either way, (laughs) I'm looking forward to the Rumble this year. A lot. Yeah. More so in the past few years, I'm looking forward to the Rumble because I have no idea who's going to win, whereas the last two, it seemed pretty obvious. So have you been watching a lot of Rumble stuff lately? I watched the 97 Rumble yesterday. Not a great Rumble. Cool finish. (laughs) It's where Austin won by cheating. How many has he won? Three? 97, 98, 2001. Okay because 97 was the one where he got eliminated, but the refs didn't see him. And then he tossed Bret Hart over the ropes where everyone apparently knows the original plan was to do Brett versus Sean two at WrestleMania 13. Sean had an injury and they had to scrap that. So they went with Brett versus Austin and thank God they did because they got one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever. And Brett versus Austin and the greatest yeah. double turn ever. So things sometimes work out how they're supposed to, you know? So just like we were talking about the Daniel Bryan thing, it, it worked out like it was supposed to. It got there. So, so what do you got for your next one here?
0: Um, when you're talking about the stone cold and Brett double turn and just how much blood stone cold was this, it was just like a stuck pig. Like he was just bleeding and bleeding Mm -hmm. and bleeding. And by that time I have already known or learned that they use razor blades or whatever, but I don't know if he had cut himself.
1: According to Brett's book, Bret Hart cut Austin that match. Okay. Bret Hart told him, you know, um, not verbatim, but he said, Steve, I would never tell anyone to let you do this, but I know how to cut you good for what what we need for this match. I'm going to blade you tonight. (laughs) He did a good job. Could you imagine letting someone cut your forehead? I'm good. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. Thank God he did. So did you watch that match live? I don't think I did. Do you remember the first time you saw it?
0: Yeah, I remember watching it and thinking, like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Please don't tap out." I'm like, "Do not tap." That's so how I felt. You were for Austin. Yeah, because by dur- that time, Bret Hart to me just felt like he—he
1: he was just a whiny baby. Were you for Austin before the match or during the match, or was it like a type of thing where you they did turn you during the match? Or? During,
0: um, during the match, leading up to the match actually, because I felt I didn't want Bret to win, and I wanted Austin. To win not because I liked Steve Austin but because I was starting to dislike Bret Hart so much
1: I was the ideal WWE fan in the sense that I started out wanting Bret and then by the end I wanted Austin and this wasn't something that I watched live it was something that my friend with the black box tape for me and I watched the next day hmm and I don't think I knew the results but as also this person was also in Chicago and I asked my parents to go but by the time we looked for tickets, the only thing left was front row. My parents like we were not spending hundreds of dollars, whatever the hell it was, for first couple yeah. rows on WrestleMania. And that was thirteen? Yes. At the Rosemont Horizon, now the All State Arena in Chico- Rosemont, Illinois in mm-hmm. Chicago. So that was one where I really wanted to go. But looking back, it's not a great mania, but it's got one of the arguably one of the best matches of all time in WrestleMania history. Some people say it's the best. I, I put it number two. What's number one? Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker one, WrestleMania 25. Okay. And I wasn't planning on talking about that, but I will just because I was there for that one. And this was, I believe the first time, not that anyone had kicked out of the tombstone, but when the Undertaker tombstone Michaels crossed the arms, eyes rolled back tongue. And it was a pretty long at that point in the match. And Michaels just kicked out. That was a moment. I was like, holy shit. Like, everybody in the arena or in the stadium was holy shit yeah and from and top to bottom that match the undertaker did his big dive and the cameraman didn't catch him and so he almost died he almost broke his neck
0: yeah
1: it's just like jr was calling the match did an awesome job calling it it's just it's still it's to me nothing has topped it yet for me for my favorite match match in general of all time but definitely favorite wrestlemania match of all time yeah but that's well i hope i hope it's top someday but for right now, Michael's Undertaker won, number one, on my list. Number two is Brett versus Austin at WrestleMania thirteen. We could do a top ten before WrestleMania season if you want, of our top mania matches. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I gotta go back and look at all of them. Because they're not all main events to me.
1: That that's true. Well, both of those matches weren't the main event that we I just don't want my one and two weren't they the felt main event. like it. <laughs> In
0: my memory, they were the, the, the last match, because match. Yeah. I don't remember anything after those.
1: 25 was the Triple H Orton main event that don't wasn't care. very good, and then 13 was Undertaker versus Sid for the title. Yeah, big deal. <laughs> I never liked Sid. Really? You said you liked Sid last week when we were talking about Hogan versus Sid at WrestleMania 8. I'd like Sid because I didn't want Hogan to win. Uh, yeah, you and your Hogan <laughs> bias. I cannot believe you didn't like Hogan when you were a kid. It blows my mind.
0: So, speaking of Hogan, and we were talking about the Austin blood. As you were growing up, when was the first time you realized that they cut themselves, and it wasn't always because of a chair shot or a table or?
1: Well, you got to realize that a good portion of my fandom when I was a kid was during WWE banning blood. Oh, okay. So when I saw it, it was usually it was very rare. So I just assumed that actually they cut, that actually were hurt. I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, Michael's versus Undertaker at Bad Blood, the first talent in the cell match when Michael's cut himself. Mm-hmm. So my sister's boyfriend at the time was telling me, like, look, slow it down. I'll show you where he, but he told me he was using fake blood. He told me he was using like ketchup or whatever packets. So that's what I thought they used for a while. And I think some, one of my friends probably told me they, they bladed. I never even knew that term probably until end of I don't even remember when I heard the term blatant uh-huh. for the first time, but he was like, slowed it down. He's like, look right here. When Michael says his hand by his forehead, he's, he's putting fake blood in himself. So I just thought it was fake. Uh-huh. And that was in 97. So I was in seventh or eighth grade. Right. So that was probably the first time. But before then blood was really, really rare for me as a fan to see. So when I did see it, I assumed it was real, uh, WrestleMania eight comes to mind, Brett versus Piper, and then Flair versus Savage. I remember Flair's blood being very vivid because of his blonde hair. Right. And it's streaking in there too. Yeah. But that's do you do you remember the first time you heard I know you talked about Austin, but do you remember like the first time? Well the time? first
0: time I realized that they used a razor blade was Hogan Slaughter WrestleMania seven. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was the main event.
0: Hogan goes in and he, I don't know, pulls it out of his little wrist tape, cuts his forehead, and throws the blade on the ground. Like, I think he was trying to throw it out of the ring, but it never made it out of the ring. So you see this thing, like, in the middle of the ring, and then Hebner goes over and tries to kick it out. He can't kick it because it's a razor blade on, I don't know, fabric, and he's trying to kick it out. I think he picks it up and throws it out. I'm like, okay, he just cut himself.
1: I'm like, this isn't real. (laughs) I'm going to watch that now. That's one of my favorite WrestleManias, and that's I guess something I didn't. I think like, Hogan blood there, yeah. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal because it was the main event, maybe, and because it was such like a blood feud. Because I remember during that feud, Slaughter burning the Hulk Rules shirt on TV, yeah. And also they had the March to WrestleMania special, the Monday before WrestleMania, and at the main event. It was a rare occasion where Hogan wrestled on TV. Hogan wrestled General Agnog, which was Slaughter's manager, and it was pretty much a two-minute match before they all came. All they all came and interfered, and I remember this other stupid memory that I remember, and I still get mad about it. So Slaughter had Hogan in the Cobra Clutch, or no, the Camel Clutch. The Camel Clutch was the—I think it's called the Camel Clutch. Yeah. Okay, where they're on the ground. Like the, so.
0: the one Roman does. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, Rusev does exactly. So, yeah.
1: So. But Agnog was holding the title in front of Hogan, like you're never gonna get it back. But he's holding it fucking upside down. And I was like, <laughs> like a kid, like yelling at the TV, like turn the title upside. Down, you idiot! So that's another stupid thing. that if I see it now, I still am like, why? Why are he's all title upside down? So yeah. So that was. So I want to. So I don't want to get too far. Because we're already thirty minutes in, I want to got a few more things I want to talk about. So, Part three, yeah. We're gonna we're, every week, every Wednesday is gonna be the goal to get this out for everybody. So we talked about Jake and the Big Red X and his feud, or not sorry, Jake, Jake and Liz, and yeah. Macho Man and, and Macho Man and Jake's feud. So one I want to talk about last week we didn't get to it was the one where Jake's Snake bit the Macho Man. Now, did you watch this? Do you remember watching that live or no? It was it was on Superstars. Do you remember watching that? I
0: probably did. And then I think as I got older, I went back to try to find it again. I'm like, yeah, I remember that time. And then I saw, it may have been an X when I first saw it, like censored. But then on YouTube, it's not censored. Right.
1: So what it was, if people weren't there live or memory watching, so on Superstars, Jake's snake bit the Macho Man. Like literally an actual snake bit another person in the arm. Was it Lucifer? It was the King Cobra. His name is Lucifer? Yeah. Okay. Because Damien's dead earthquake (laughs) talked (laughs) about last week. Turned into quake burgers. (laughs) So as soon as the snake latched onto Macho's arm, they put a giant red X over the screen saying censored. And to me, I was like, that means this is real. And it technically was a snake did bit the macho man, but he was devenomized or didn't have fangs or whatever. Yeah. But that's something where I would think if my parents came in at the time, they might they probably would have turned it off because it was censored. But what's ironic is a few days later, that Wednesday for the Survivor series, they showed it on pay per view, the actual snake bidding. in. Okay. And my dad was with me watching it at my friend's at his friend's house with the black box, and my dad must have been like what the hell do you watch every week? <laughs> it's animals <laughs> biting people and stuff like that. So that's something that I was, but but what's, what's interesting is I wasn't that affected by it. Once I saw it live, I think the X made it seem worse than it was to me. Like in my head, what was happening was worse than what was actually happening. I yeah. guess for as worse as it could be about a snake
0: biting a person in the arm. And that's what, that's what it's supposed to be.
1: You're supposed to use your imagination and, and fill in the blanks. Yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> he almost died. I think my, I think my... Yeah. Well I didn't say he almost died. That's what they wanted you to believe. Okay. That he was going to get passed out. He was going to start frothing at the mouth.
1: And I also remember, like, eventually, Piper came down to try to help. And that was also a thing where it's like, okay, well, Piper and Macho Man aren't involved in any, like, storylines together, so maybe this is real, too, because Piper's trying to help him, like,
0: back off, Jake, type of thing. So do you felt like they were friends?
1: Who? P- Piper and... Yeah, and I felt like Piper... And Savage were friends, like, in real life. Like, they went, like, hung out to the movies together and stuff.
0: So, other than tag teams, um, obviously, I would think tag teams are friends. Back when you were younger, did you identify other wrestlers being friends with other wrestlers?
1: Yeah, pretty much anyone that hung out. I assumed everyone was friends with Hogan. Assumed? Yeah, I assumed they all liked him. I mean, he's, he's leading the pack. He's the champion.
0: Okay, I could see that, but do you feel like Hogan like them. Like which yeah. ones do you think Hogan liked?
1: It's a good question.
0: Like to me it was always Tugboat. That's the only relationship him and uh Beefcake were the only yep. two guys I ever knew. I was going to say Brutus that he was friends with.
1: I think I think I probably assumed him and Macho Man were friends before they had the whole Mega Powers thing, but I also assumed that Brett Hart and Hulk Hogan were friends because at the end of WrestleMania 9, Hulk Hogan came down after Brett so lost the title bitch. to try to like help him out. So I was like, oh, bitch. Hulk and Brett are friends in real life. Not so much at all, <laughs> per Brett Hart's book, where he has nothing but terrible things to say about the Hulkster. <laughs> Do you hear that story about how they, the SummerSlam 93 was supposed to be Brett versus Hogan? No. Okay. So if you haven't read Brett's book, highly recommend it for anybody who wants a, a wrestling book. Brett Hart's book. Awesome. It's called my real life in the cartoon world of wrestling. So the plan was, was for Brett Hart to face Hulk Hogan for the title at SummerSlam and Brett was going to beat Hogan and that was going to push him off to the stratosphere as the next guy. Mm-hmm. They even shot a promo shoot for it where him and Hogan were both pulling on the belt. Brett talks about that. And then all of a sudden rumors get around to Brett that Hogan's not going to drop the belt to you. So Vince, there's some back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden Vince gets Brett and Hogan in the same room. It's like, let's get this figured out. Vince knew Brett wasn't going to drop it to, or Hogan was going to drop it to Brett. Yeah. But Hogan's, they're like, well, you're going to beat me. Or I'm going to lose. You're going to lose to me, right? Is what Brett says to Hogan. And Hogan's like, well, yeah, yeah. He's like, for the belt. and Hogan's like, I never said that. So, which is so stupid because it's not a real belt. Like, but if you lose, you lose. So, right. Brett never liked the Hulkster too much, <laughs> so that was a, a a match I would have. I don't know who I would have cheered for. Brett versus Hulk in '93.
0: You know who I would cheer for,
1: Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> brother, 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 brother. Oh, I hate that guy. Why? I don't know. You talked about last week. It was cheesy. Too yeah. not enough moves.
0: Even when he started with the NWO, I'm like this old guy is trying to fit in with these cool younger guys.
1: Well, you were supposed to hate him then. At, yeah. least. at least you were supposed to hate him then.
0: But I think there's a difference between hating somebody because they they draw some sort of hatred in you, and just hating somebody and turning off the TV. Like him, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> like I would just turn it off.
1: <laughs> when he comes back now or before his his infamous tape, did, were you like excited for him to come back at times? Or? No. oh. That's, no. that's sad.
0: I feel bad for him.
1: I don't. He got a lot of money from Gawker.
0: <laughs> that's well, yeah, I guess. But I'm just saying, like, trying to stay relevant. I mean, there's a lot of Hulkamaniacs out there, so I'm not going to say I'm speaking for millions of people.
1: So, I guess staying on Hogan at SummerSlam or Summer Survivor Series '91, when he was facing the Undertaker, do you remember? Watching that time frame and cheering for Hogan still or not? Do you remember that at all?
0: Uh, I remember watching it. I don't remember who I was cheering. I, it may have just been a match that I just was on. I was happy that Undertaker won.
1: <laughs> Funny. So that was the one time where.
0: <laughs> because at the time, like to me, Hogan always had the title and he like wouldn't give it up to anybody. Yeah. Even though like other guys, like I thought should have had it, like Savage was the only other one I could think that had it
1: warrior had it for about yeah, a year. warrior slaughter was a transitional guy
0: right but I'm, but you're right so that was guys. about it
1: yeah that was about it you're right so with during that match the hogan versus undertaker i was wanting hogan to win but after undertaker won, i was okay with it because i thought the undertaker was cool so i that wasn't mean i never didn't like hogan but that was the time frame of me transitioning to accepting the fact that there was going to be other guys that I could cheer for besides Hulk. So, uh-huh. so that was that was my time frame. So you didn't watch Sur- you, Survivor Series '91? Is not that big of a deal for you like it was for me? I guess not that match. No. Okay, well, that's okay. That's okay. You got something else, something to uh, talk about? No, I think I'm done. Okay, good. No, I, I got plenty of stuff. <laughs> I got plenty of random memories. We got 20 more minutes. I got plenty <clears> of <throat> stuff to talk about. So
0: growing up, I I, well, right now it's more prevalent because you have Natalia Hart, Cody Rhodes. um, I can't even think of other names, but there's a lot of other people that are um, sons, daughters, Charlotte of wrestlers. But growing up, I think I didn't see much of a connection. Like Luna Vachon, I'm like, oh, there's another Vachon somewhere. And then it was, I don't remember if it was Mad Dog, whoever her dad was. So I always thought it was cool that okay, this is the son or this is the daughter of an ex-wrestler. And then some people these days are saying, oh, my dad's a wrestler, but they weren't that great of wrestlers. They might have been somebody in some Georgia yeah. promotion.
1: Yeah, like, Did don't... that
0: ever kind of capture your imagination or attention? No.
1: I mean, the only thing I think of is when Dusty Rhodes brought Dustin in during yeah. Rumble. It was in 91. The Natural? Yeah but he wasn't even the natural that was before he went to wcw like dustin wrote that was like his first run obviously everyone he goes on to be gold dust but before he went to wcw he's with wwf with dusty Uh and that's it like it's a good thing they brought up now and even now like i don't if somebody's a second generation or third generation wrestler i don't really care as much it doesn't really bug it's like i don't care Like to me, it's like prove you're a good wrestler. Like, I think it's cool. Like Bray Wyatt is the son of IRS and like his brother's Bo Dallas. Like, that's kind of cool to me that like, okay, they're together. But I think when I was a kid, I wouldn't have cared. And even now it's like, I'm not going to like you or not like you because your, your parent was a wrestler. I guess it's cool that now I want wrestlers that were fans growing up because you hear all the time like guys like goldberg and guys even now like um baron corbin they weren't necessarily wrestling fans they're football players that turned gun into wrestling yeah and as a kid even now that kind of bugs me it shouldn't it should it's it's stupid but i like guys more knowing that they're fans like i still i never didn't like cena he's not like my favorite wrestler but I like i mean he's, like, he's a good wrestler he's a great promo mm-hmm. um I think it's cool that there's pictures of him when he was a kid holding the championship belt and him and his friend, him and his brothers watch wrestling growing up. Yeah. Granted, that wasn't his path. He wanted to be a bodybuilder, but I think it's cool that he was a fan growing up. So I think that's more important to me than if they were a brother or, or, or a son or whatever of a wrestler. Okay. But <clears throat> excuse me. So speaking of Cena, I want to talk about more modern. So we were talking about it before here, the Wrestle Kingdom, before we started recording Wrestle Kingdom 11 just happened and there was what everyone said was the match of the year, the match of the decade, Kenny Omega versus what's the guy's name? I'm not a New Japan guy. Sorry. Okada? Guys. Okada. It was a great match. But to me it wasn't the match of the year. Yeah, I guess it technically wasn't cuz it's 2017, but we'll consider it the calendar year. <clears here. throat> For my match of the year it was Cena versus AJ Styles at SummerSlam. And I think every time there's a big pay-per-view match with a big hype, Cena delivers. And this was no exception. And I think Styles... Are, by Styles beating Cena, he arrived. Like, he could have been anybody else. could have been Bray Wyatt or whoever it loses to Cena. And I was okay with Cena beating Wyatt at WrestleMania because you want your big baby face to win. Even at WrestleMania 31, Cena beat Rusev. I'm okay with that. You don't want to heel beating the big hero of the company at the biggest show of the year. So for Cena to beat Styles at SummerSlam... Or Styles to beat Cena at SummerSlam, I thought was an awesome moment. And the match from top to bottom was something where... You, ne- you did you. As the match went on, you actually didn't know who was going to win because of the kickouts, the false finishes, the moves, you know, the selling. Everything was great about it. So that was my ma- That's my match of the year is-, is Cena versus Styles, and it's been it's been the best match in a long time. You know, I think prior to that, there was a triple threat with Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, and Cena at the Royal Rumble, also amazing. There was uh, a couple years before that, CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, also an awesome match, but. To me, that's my match of the year right there.
0: As time goes on, I'm I'm the type of person that just remembers what happened a week ago. Like, if it happened seven months ago, I don't really
1: remember it that much. Do you much. watch the network or anything like that? Just current stuff with the network? Or do uh, you kind of, like, random, really old stuff? Just
0: old stuff. I mean, it's kind of random. I watch Raw every week. <clears throat> SmackDown every week. I try to watch the pay-per-views. Um, and that match may have been great. I may have enjoyed it a lot more i don't remember
1: yeah so i get that where you're coming from and the, and i recently went out and bought best pay-per-view matches of 2013 2014 2015 on dvd even though i have them all on the network it's nice to have a collection and go back and look like oh yeah this is awesome like remember a couple years ago roman reigns versus daniel bryan Fastlane, that was a great match. said so Fastlane? Yeah. Yeah. And I completely forgot about it, but it was a great match. So there's I think th- Roman does put on great pay-per-view matches. He does. I don't he- think he's a
0: gr- I don't know, something about his personality. He's kind of like a jockey... I don't know. I don't really like him. But wrestling, I think he's good.
1: Yeah, I think he's a good wrestler. I think he's a very good wrestler. I think his character is why people don't like him. Why, I guess, adults don't like him, but kids seem to. So, again, he's a guy I'm okay with, but... He's not who I want to see in the main event of WrestleMania for the third year in a row. No, I want him. I want him to face Cena at WrestleMania. I think they'd be. They've, they probably had matches, when he was in the Shield, but never like one-on-one, big stage, big build-up match. Like, and I think it could work because Cena's talking about in his promo, like all this new era crap. It's John, it's still John Cena's era. Well, Roman's like, hey, I'm the guy of the new era. I'm the guy you know, I could take you out type of thing. And I think Cena would be okay with losing to Roman because Roman's technically a, a good guy, a face, whatever. So yeah. I think that could be a good build-up too, to a good match at WrestleMania. And it doesn't necessarily have to be for a title. It could just be a match, you know, well, had, match. I thought he
0: had a really good match with AJ. I don't remember what pay-per-view it was, but them two I thought was a good match.
1: Yeah, that was the pay-per-view after WrestleMania because Styles lost to Jericho at, at WrestleMania, which everyone was confused by. But looking back, it makes sense because you wanted Jericho to be still because he couldn't always lose like Jericho always lost when he came back you got to give him a win yeah like Fandango come on <laughs> <laughs> biggest stage of them all yeah he loses to Fandango yeah but the next night in Raw styles loss didn't matter because he won that fatal four-way for a, a title shot so uh-huh. it, it didn't matter when week-to-week television stuff like that you can you can take over losses really quickly so. I think my idea of like
0: matches of the year probably I don't know more or less like matches I remember the most
1: <laughs> so what's your is that about? what it would
0: be yeah. Like your match of the year like what you remember the most? I think so.
1: What'd you like what's one you remembered last year? It's 2017. Now what about 2016? What's one you remembered for um, sure this
0: 2016 year? is probably the the third Charlotte Sasha match for the women. Was it on Raw or was it a pay-per-view? It was It was on Raw. Was it their Falls County War match? Yeah, where okay. she makes her submit in the guardrail yeah, yeah. in the stands. Like I thought that was a great match cuz they I they were in the show the whole for most of the show, like you knew that they were going to wrestle again because they wrestled earlier in the night. It was some sort of count out or whatever, and then Mick Foley said, it's not going to end this way. You guys are going to uh, wrestle at the end of the night for the title. So then they came back out again.
1: So I thought that was a great match. I thought it was the best they've had in their series of matches. Yeah, I thought the WrestleMania match was probably better, but it was also a triple threat with one more great wrestler involved in Becky Lynch, so you can't really judge that fairly. You mentioned about how Mick Foley came out and restart the match i used to love when they did that as a kid yeah when like the referee would restart it which now looking back logically doesn't make sense like why wouldn't someone always come out from the back and tell them no no they cheated Uh but i used to love that all the time when it was like oh no my guy lost like no no we're restarting the match or we're kicking your manager out of here type of thing so that was something that i thought was always awesome yeah
0: and for the men i probably aj and uh and roman I just thought it was a really good match.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, whatever. I don't remember the name of the pay-per-view. It might have been, I think it's probably Payback, the pay-per-view after WrestleMania. Did that make that sound right? Sure, whatever. Doesn't it was really, a while ago, so. I guess it doesn't really matter either what it was no. called, but it was a good match. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back really quick to something that I remembered from my when I was a kid, which they don't really do anymore. I guess they can kind of do before every match. But do you remember like the music video montages they would do for wrestlers? No. You don't remember "Tell Me a Lie," Shawn Michaels?
0: No. Really? Is it like an actual music video?
1: So, when Shawn Michaels had to relinquish the title because he was injured, they that was that was the "Lost My Smile" promo. Yeah. I want to see if I can pull it up on my phone here, really quick, and play the "Tell Me a Lie" song through my okay. microphone. But and it's an actual song they didn't write it for him. Like they took another song and like made a music video called tell me a lie. And it was, it, it was, um, basically highlights of Shawn Michaels career. Like, all right, this is it. It was super cheesy, but it was also awesome. Tell me a lie. Shawn Michaels. Here we go. YouTube. Oh, it's actually on WWE's official YouTube page. So it might be an ad. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Listen just to this. Like, that's awesome just to start. (laughs) And Michael says, like, flying through the air. I'm not going to keep playing the whole thing, but that's it. Like, I remember those videos. And they they did a montage for Bret Hart, I think, right after he won the WWF title. Uh And they did music videos for, um, who else was it? The, The New Generation guys. And... Even now, when they do production, we talked last week, I think a little bit about how great WD's production value is, was they would do it before matches. So I think the monster video that they showed right before WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan and Triple H, one of my favorite videos, the video packages that they did, because it showed... Brian starting in NXT, you know, looking completely different, like, I'm turning into a monster, and like his beard's growing longer. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, those are good. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You still have those now. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so you're good. You you like the, the top quality production. Well, not really. that cheesy song. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't know. You, you got to watch that after the show. Okay, I will. Tell me a lie. Tell, okay. Then, then you won't go. <laughs> so... But yeah, you know, that was something that I remember.
0: But they do, they do do that with songs. Like they try to fit the video to like the emotion. Yeah, of... but
1: that's but that's like the actual match build. These were just like they would just play random. Like okay. no, we're gonna take a look at Brett the Hitman Heart. It was like they show a music video of him, like <laughs> uh, his his highlight careers and stuff okay. like that. So check him out. You gotta you gotta go back and watch stuff. Like, I do constantly, all the time. <laughs> all right.
0: I'm mostly watching interviews and shooting interviews. <laughs> like, I was watching this one last night with Tyrus, like, the big guy that used to be uh, uh, Brodus Clay. Yeah, yeah. And now he's Tyrus and TNA. Okay. And, like, I didn't think he was so, like, articulate and smart. And- Who thought
1: he was... I well, just thought he was a role? dumb ape. <laughs>
0: like, that's just what he looks like to me. Okay, and he wears the singlet that I think he shouldn't even be wearing, but just everything about him, just I just think he's. A, I thought he was a dumb guy, but then I listened to him. I'm like, man, this guy's pretty smart. He's got good opinions. He's his morals are right. Like everything about him just seems like this guy's amazing. <laughs> so you're, on,
1: you're on team Brodus Clay. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you like him, you like him. Whatever. <laughs> not, I mean, I watch. So the shoot interview. Game is, I think, dying up a little bit with wrestlers creating their own podcasts. Well, I think traditionally, shoot,
0: like people were expecting people to talk trash, but shoot is just like you and me were just talking the like the, what actually happened, like the yeah, truth, right? We call it, so, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, but the
0: podcast is is killing it.
1: Yeah, it's awesome when Jericho has guests on, and we could talk about this a little bit. This is something kind of modern, and, and I think awesome is before the only wrestler with a podcast was Cole Cabana mm-hmm. and he still has a good podcast and I,
0: I'm listening to him right now well not right now but <laughs> I'm in the middle of him interviewing Cody
1: yeah I heard that one that was a good one so I think he's one of the better ones as far as interviews because it seems like when he's interviewing someone he'll ask him the question I'm thinking about asking them yeah and he and they're just talking as a person and I also like his because unlike jr's or austin sometimes they're always in the same room together like we are mm-hmm. and jericho does that too jericho has the advantage because he's on the road with the wwe so he's around the wrestlers but i think that's important is to have the person next to you to yeah. as far as the conversation so jericho Colt, those are my probably my top two wrestling podcasts as far as that wrestlers
0: do yeah mine too okay the Just, only other one i listen to is um I mean, I also, think Stone Cold is the only other one, but I don't download too many
1: of his interviews. He's funny. Like I just think he like he can t- read a book and he crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> but there,
0: I going through, there's too many with Ted Fowler, and I don't really care about.
1: I just want to listen to him talk to wrestlers. Do you ever listen to Meltzer's no. podcast? They're on YouTube. They're good. I no. I like listening to Meltzer because I feel like he provides. A pretty unbiased opinion, although I feel like he's a little biased towards, like, New Japan wrestling and IWGP wrestling. Six-star match. Yeah, six-star match. But I think in general he is. But he's also flat-out said that he doesn't need commentary to make a match be great, whereas I do. Like, I can't listen to, like, a New Japan match with Japanese commentary because I have to know the story where he's looking at strictly work rate, which is why maybe I didn't think the Omega match was as great as it was. It was a great match, don't get me wrong, but I didn't know the background. I didn't know that I wasn't watching the build for it. Like I was with, for example, Daniel Bryan's build. If I don't watch the build, what do I care who wins Mm -hmm. or loses? Right. Because at the end of the day, it's just a fake fight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True, yeah. So. But on YouTube, like I like to, in my car, I'll listen. If I'm at the gym, I like to obviously just listen, not watch. But if I'm at my computer, you know, doing stuff and I want to watch something, like I came across the Sam Roberts. I had no idea who Sam Roberts was. And then I saw, you know, interview with Kevin Owen, Sam Roberts. I'm like, okay, cool. So I watched it. I'm like, okay, this guy's kind of asked the right questions. Like he just seems like a fan.
1: He's also pretty positive. He's not like snarky, which is kind of why I want to start this podcast is because it's easy to be snarky and like make fun of wrestling. And say this is terrible and stupid, but there's just so much good stuff to talk about. Like we're almost an hour and we just feel like we can keep going on and on and on. Like there's plenty of cool stuff to talk about. So I want to keep that going with positive feedback and positive matches and everything like that. So he's, that's why I like him too. He's, he's not someone I really knew who he was. He's the guy with the big Afro hair. So, but I, I like him. And people say he's a shill for WWE. Basically anytime you say anything positive about WWE, you're a shill for him, which is kind of yeah. silly to me. Because obviously there's stuff not to like, but there's more stuff too like than like. I think right now, television wise, pay per view wise, is the best WWE's been in ten years, maybe?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: You know, two thousand seven, two thousand six was the last awesome, awesome. Granted, like CM Punk's storyline was great and all that, but Top to bottom, like, if you can't have a great match at WWE right now, you're not going to make it. Right. You know? I mean, even... Staying on current, what do you think of Braun Strowman? Like, he's the first big monster they've pushed that I'm, like, okay with. Like, I like him as far as being a big monster guy. Yeah,
0: I like him, too. Um, I know he's been training with Big Show.
1: Are you distracted by his Superman tattoo like I am? Sometimes. That's super distracting. (laughs) That's not his good side. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) That's dick-taking, but it's super distracting (laughs) to me.
0: But I felt like, Sami Zayn just needed. I don't think the lasting ten minutes was a was a, <laughs> a huge moral win for Sami, whatever pay per view that was two three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But I think he should have just beat the crap like he was and just keep going. Maybe they'll do that at like some other pay per view.
1: Have him get the win. Yeah, I think.
0: But I don't think I don't think Braun should ever be pinned for a long time, at least until a long time. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) Ever. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Until somebody beats him. So the last, um, what I like about Braun, it'll kind of transition to what I want to talk about last as opposed to other giants. Like he's a big guy, but also his chest is so massive. And like, he's so like big, like if you watch the crowd, like they buy him as like being a legit, this guy can break someone in half if he really wanted to. And that's something I like watching, too, for matches and for promos. I like watching the crowd reactions. There'll be times where I'll watch an old match and I'll rewind. Like, okay, let me look at this section. Let me look at this section. Like the Undertaker-Michaels match. Like when Michaels kicked out, it's like, okay, look at the people here. Look at the people there. Or when the Undertaker lost to Brock, that was awesome, When they all the people in the crowd. And I was there at WrestleMania 30, and that was very accurate to the reaction. I was at a arena. friend's
0: house and there was about 12 of us there watching WrestleMania and people getting up, getting drinks, getting pizza, sure. whatever, sitting down, kind of talking as we're watching the match. The one, two, three dead silence. I thought it, it was, was like, what the hell? I thought they screwed up. Like, are they going to continue the match? Are they going to say that wasn't a three? I, nobody knew. And that was, they showed that one guy with the glasses <laughs> with the white t-shirt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like that's eyes. everybody's reaction. So, My cousin was asking me about it after I came back from New Orleans. He's like, so what was it like when Undertaker lost? I go, well, let me put it this way. I was all the way up in the second level of a four-tiered football stadium, some few hundred yards back, pretty far back from the ring. And after the three hit, remember when Heyman ran in the ring going, oh, my God, you did it. Yeah. It sounded like he was right next to me, and that's how silent it was in the ring. And he never microphone. Like, granted, there's mics around in the ring, but – like that's how quiet it was that's and, crazy and then they put the 21 and 1 up and everyone was like oh fuck no everyone was pissed um, my other buddy was sitting on a different part of the stadium than us he said the guy next to him got up and left didn't come back <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> he was so pissed and as we were leaving another thing i'll never forget i have a lot of things i'll never forget related to pro wrestling so we're walking out of the stadium And everyone was happy because Brian won. So it was a feel-good moment. You know, they did that. And there's this guy screaming, this is fucking bullshit. The WWE just took my child and shit in my mouth. (laughs) And then some guy goes. I hate people like that. So then the next guy goes, that's great enough. Some guy next to us goes, I'm going to shake your hand. I agree. I'm like, don't shake that guy's hand. (laughs) So that was, I guess that goes back to what I said. Last week when I talked about Shane O'Mac, where there's moments that still get you, no matter how smart of a fan you think you are, yeah. they get you sometimes and oh they got everybody that night.
0: So the three moments, to me like the oh my god moments was that one okay. with The Undertaker. I think that's on a lot of people's lists. The Warrior Return okay. WrestleMania eight, right? Yeah. And the Daniel Bryan Which Bray one? Wyatt, where he drops oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the That was the, the This is amazing. Like the, the this slow is the awesome yes. moment of the year. Yeah.
1: Like those are probably my top 3. Well, so here's a plan for so next week I want to do a show with my friend Pat about video games and toys because we're big into that growing up. Week after Royal Rumble Memories. We we'll mean you do that when I think so get your Royal Memories, Royal Rumble Memories ready. Okay. And then the week after we'll do our top oh my god moments. Like we could do we could do a top 10 because people like lists. I like lists. All right. So we'll do we'll start thinking of top 10 like not only WWE, WCW, ECW, whatever you want, like your top moments. So we'll do that. So. All right, I'll get to work. Okay. <laughs> well, this is fun, man. So I'm going to wrap up this, this week's show, or now we're in here. Uh, once again, guys, follow us on Twitter at PPWPodcast, podcast at gmail.com. com. you want to shoot an email, give us a follow on Twitter. Let us know if you like the show, if hate the show, suggestions, comments, anything like that. It'll be awesome. Uh, Also on iTunes, you can find us Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Subscribe, but if you could rate the show, that would help a lot. Also, we're on SoundCloud, uh, PPW Podcast. You can find us on there. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up for this week. So, Eric, thank you once again Uh, for You're welcome. I'm going to head
0: to Walmart and see if they got the new Hasbro
1: figures. I might join you. Because okay. if they've got them, I'll buy them. Okay. What if, there's only, what if there's only one who gets it? You can it? have it. Okay, cool. They're mass-produced. There'll be more. I don't feel as special then. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you, everyone, once again for listening. Um, PPW Podcast on Twitter. at com. I'm Steve Fountas along with Eric Sanchez, and this has been the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast.